Hey, welcome back to the Process Podcast. I'm Nick Veronica, joined by my best friend Charlie Bukowski, and we are talking about the eight and three Buffalo Bills who still feel like they are underachieving. Somehow, some way, it just it's just true. I don't know how else to tell you that. They're averaging more yards per play than they did last season. They're averaging about the same points per game as last season. But that's just where the standard is. It feels like they are still missing it somehow on offense, and we're going to get into it. So Josh Allen's elbow, Von Miller's knee, Tredavious White, something is still holding him back a little bit. Uh, all of it, we're going to get into it right here on this episode of The Process. So thank you to our sponsor, Ethos Performance Rehab, and thank you for listening. Uh, if you like what you hear, please subscribe and please give us a five-star review so other people can find our podcast. Nick, uh, happy belated Thanksgiving. I hope you had a great one. I hope your belly is still full. Uh, any leftovers still left for you or what? What's a leftover? <laughs> I feel like we have been eating leftovers for like the last what last week now since Thursday. I feel like every meal that I've made something with, I'm like, oh, we have leftover this. Oh, we have leftover that. Oh, that could be a good side for this. What's your favorite side, Charlie? Oh, I knew you were going to ask. I was just about to ask you the same question, Nick. I, I am a simpleton. You cannot go wrong with the good stuffing. Stuffing's up there for me too. I might have to lean towards some sweet potatoes. You get to get a little brown sugar, a little bit of marshmallow in there. Do it you know, all the up. La- the last few years, I've been making a family recipe of a uh, uh, zucchini pie, and let me tell you, that has slowly taken over as my favorite. Is that a dessert or a vegetable? No, it's so so you take the zucchini, you put some eggs, some bisquick, you mix it all together, you bake it in a pie pan, and you know, so some egg in it. It's it's delicious. It's delicious. Can't so, go wrong. It's like a, so it's not not a dessert. It's definitely a a a side for your Thanksgiving dinner. So it comes out like quiche or like what? Kind of like a quiche, yeah. Kind of like a quiche, but not as quiche. <laughs> <laughs> you slice it like a normal pie, and it's 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 different. But it's healthy. Sure, you call it healthy with all the, with all the egg. And <laughs> I the heard egg. I heard vegetable in there. That's there you all. go, vegetable can't go wrong. Also, green bean casserole I feel like is a very underrated. See, that's where you lose me. Listen, there's like as you can maybe tell, there's there's only a handful of vegetables that I can you know tolerate or enjoy. Green beans is are one of them. Don't go making that unhealthy on me, okay? I don't need your <laughs> cream of mushroom soup in there, okay? Just give me the beans. I'll put a little bit of butter, a little bit of salt, and just just go with it. Yeah, you know, you say that my family opts out on the green bean casserole every year. Uh, you know, so I enjoy when we do Thanksgiving with my in-laws because every year they do a green bean casserole. So if we're doing Thanksgiving with my family, it's more of just a Brussels sprout, which I'm not disappointed in. Uh, you know, if you roast the nice Brussels sprout and then saute it in the pan, it gets nice and crispy. You know, what wasn't too bad this year. A little pancetta in there to, you know, add a little bit of flavor, but okay. – I would still take green bean casserole any day over over a good Brussels sprout. All right, Charlie. Well, you know who has been eating his vegetables? It's Josh Allen. Mm. That guy, even with an elbow injury, is still helping the Bills persevere. He is 2-1 and one now since suffering the injury. I was thinking for a little bit there, if the Bills don't pull this one out on Thanksgiving against Detroit, then at that point they'd be 1-2 and two since Allen hurt his elbow. They'd be a game back in the division. And at that point, you're almost thinking, why not just sit him out? Like at that point, it probably looks like like a bad call because you probably could have gone one and two with Case Keenum. 
Yeah, I mean, I think so. Look, I, there's no no doubt in my mind that they should be three and zero, right? Like they should have beaten the Vikings. A couple of bad turnovers there, um, and and let's face it, Josh's arm did not look phenomenal that game. Uh, no. Even the even the Browns game, I, you look at the last three games: the Lions, the Browns, the Vikings. I haven't seen anything spectacular from Josh Allen's arm, minus the if you want to call it the throw to Dawson Knox, which I thought was a great little floater. You know, that was a Josh Allen pass that we have seen so many times in the past, right? And then he had another great Josh Allen pass to Stefan Diggs over the middle that really set up the game-winning field goal for Tyler Bass. But I mean, other than that. I don't know where we are with Josh Allen's arm, and I'm still a little bit concerned. How about you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. His his touch doesn't look like it's totally there. He definitely doesn't have the same mustard on it that he used to have, and he seems uh, maybe a little unsure yet still what what his limitations are. He he's had some some bad interceptions that it feels at least to me, at least to me, like he would normally make those throws, and he seems to still think he can still do that, and then the ball's just not getting there. I'm thinking on a couple in the red zone even, like guys he normally might have just shown off the howitzer and fired it into him. They're now not making it there quite as fast or quite quite as hard. And but it's giving I, defenders time to step into it. I think the perfect example of what you're talking about is the interception that he had against Detroit there. Um, you know, Don't get me wrong, I think the defender made a great play getting up to the ball and, and making the, you know, tipping the ball and, and, and forcing the tip drill interception there. However, um, that's a throw we've seen Josh Allen make a million times for a touchdown. And yet again, you're looking at another red zone turnover from Josh Allen and from, from a guy who you did not see a red zone turnover from in over 200 something games. You know what I mean? It, 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 it was the very rare before this season. 200 games is a lot of games. Right. 200 attempts, maybe. You said games. 200 attempts. I'm sorry. You know, 200 attempts. I mean, I mean, he he didn't have. If I correct me if I'm wrong, I know he had a red zone interception against Kansas City two years ago. Yeah, that, that, that was definitely threw... like a, like a running stat that they would pop up on the broadcast. Right. and that was a, a playoff game. Interse- yeah, that was a playoff game. I, if I don't believe in the regular season, he has thrown a red zone interception in his career until this season. Um, I want to say that there's some asterisk on that stat. I think his rookie year, he might have had one, but the play started on the 20, and it just depends if you consider that the red zone or not. Okay. So, I mean, I I guess, you know, the league does. Well, I do. I, when you go on Pro Football Reference and you search it, their own search tool starts on the 19, which doesn't make sense to me. So I think that's how some researchers are, are uh, arrived at that one. Okay. Anyway, point point stands. It was very early in his career. He's still, you know, if you take off, well, I don't know, what is it, three before that? Like, it's, it's still a very long stretch. Or it was no, I, until. He, he, need, he needs to find a way to obviously cut down on those. So it's going to just continue to cost this team yeah. a lot down the stretch. And, and, look, you're playing some good teams coming up. you got New England who always has a very good defense. You know, it's what Bill Belichick does. Um I think you you have the Jets who beat you a couple weeks ago. They have a good good defense there too. Look, Josh Allen threw two really bad interceptions against the Jets, and that was before the elbow injury. You know what I mean? It did not look good really until the last throw of the game with the elbow injury when he launched a sixty yard air, you know, sixty yeah, yard Davis pass. Could catch the ball to him in the face mask. They probably been the game. Right? Maybe a different situation there, right? Um, 
And then, you know, again, he hasn't looked comfortable throwing that ball in, in Minnesota. He did not look comfortable last week at all throwing that ball, you know, until the second half. I thought second half Josh Allen came out, he settled down a little bit, but he was missing a lot of throws that we usually see Josh Allen hit early on uh, in that game. I, I, I'd be lying to you if I told you I was not concerned after the first half with the way I saw Josh Allen playing. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking back to when we had Dr. Kyle Trimble, Bang Up Bills, on this podcast saying he thought that injury is a three-week injury. And the Bills obviously opted to play him, and they feel like even if he's not 100%, he is enough percent. And to me, it was very interesting that Tony Romo, former NFL quarterback turned broadcaster, repeatedly brought up during the broadcast, we know he's got the elbow injury, he's not 100%. To me, Tony Romo doesn't say that if if that doesn't come up in their meetings with the with Josh Allen or with, with the coaches and coordinators during the week. Like someone on the inside, like stress that to him, and he is relaying it because they they have a meeting with with the broadcast team before every game. Mm-hmm. And so for Tony Romo to keep saying it like that, really, uh, well, I guess I already believed it. But if you didn't believe that, that should be driving it home to you that he is not one hundred percent. Yeah, and I think it was obvious, right? I, and I think, you know, even people who don't watch every day, you know, my wife doesn't watch every single game with me, but even she noticed the first half. She's like, what's going on with Josh? His arm just can't be right, right? And it wasn't. It was clear and obvious, you know, no, his arm is not ready to make those yeah. those throws yet. And and now look, this week he has been full participant in both practices this week. You know, he seems to be working his way back. Does that mean we have no more pain in the elbow? You know, I, it's funny. I, I think about. Um, I, I mean, I'm just gonna say no right there. Sign up. Sorry, cutting you off here. He was. He was six days ago. We saw him still, still be bothered by that. So is it better? 100 percent better right now? No, I don't think so. No, I mean, look, we're we're not Josh Allen. We don't know what the pain is. We don't know where, you know, what could be, um, you know, what what could have come. What kind of therapy they've been doing behind the scenes? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Um, I think common sense as a human being would be, you know, the answer to that would be no. Um, but who knows? They, they have access to different things that you and I don't have access to if, the, if we had those injuries. Um, but at the same time, I think, look, if he's full participant, he's throwing the entire practice. Maybe we finally see a more consistent Josh Allen um, coming into the week. He's getting all those reps. You know, and, and the one thing that we have failed to mention regarding that Josh Allen throw, yes, Elbow not being 100%. Yes, that ball going, I think I saw like 50-something miles an hour that ball was traveling to Stefan Diggs, like just something stupid. Um, but I heard him say on Kyle Brandt's basement today, that's a play that they've had in the playbook, but they have not ran in practice or in a game before. Can you imagine having a playbook that big? I mean, that's just crazy. And he said that that's one they've had in there since Brian Dable Day. So that just shows you how long that mm. play's been there. And they've never ran that play. Yeah. Play yet, but it was a good time to pull it out of yeah. the pocket. I mean, all right, I'm guessing that they must, there must be versions of that. Maybe he means they haven't run it from this look or they haven't run it. I, 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 forget, I don't know how they lined up, but yeah, I'm sure that there's a new wrinkle here, which is right. I mean, but that's important. You got to, you got to grow throughout the season. Everyone watches your film. And some teams get worse and some teams get better because they don't know how to make adjustments. So it's, 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 that's what they always say. Even before the Super Bowl, you're, you're just adding new wrinkles. You're going to run the same thing, but from a formation they haven't seen it from before. Or you're going to line up the same, make it look the same, and then be different somehow. So let, let that's me ask cool. You this I didn't hear him say that. So that, that's cool. 
you're talking about the offense. You know, we're talking about the offense and, and, and plays and things like that. How much of Josh Allen's struggles do you think is play calling at this point? Or the offense as a whole struggles right now is play calling versus the play of Josh Allen? Um, I'm, I'm a guy who came into the year as a Ken Dorsey fan. And even acknowledging that he's, he's a rookie coordinator, uh, that, that opinion is growing on me. I think that, that he's, he's deserves some blame for this too. There, there's, uh, so some basic things, I guess, maybe that it's just, it's just frustrating. Why would you trade for Naheem Hines if you're not going to use him? What I still don't have an answer. What did Dawson Knox do that offended him that he can't get the ball? Can they not like just, they just still like don't seem to get the ball into the playmaker's hands and just let them go as quickly as other teams do. Why did they sign Isaiah McKenzie and pay him the money when they're not going to use him? They used him this week. Uh, Yeah. I mean, on the whole season, I think it's underwhelming what they've done with them. Even, you know, do they have any rookies coming along? Khalil Shakir looks like he's, he's not even part of this offense. I mean, he, he was he was a little bit in uh, maybe on specials, but you the can, only one you I'd, I'd say that we're seeing on a rookie side is James Cook, right? Yeah, his role is is increasing, and that is good to see. But it's also like I feel like he he's more interchangeable, I guess. I As, I would agree just, with just, that. Just just positionally, the one thing that concerns me too, though, you look at this offense, you look at the play call, you look at where they're where they seem to be slacking right now. You you, you look at where. This offense is, is you know, I, I guess for um, lack of a better term, has, has taken a step back, really. Um, the offensive line, pass blocking, I feel like has really diminished a little bit. I yeah. feel like we're seeing Josh Allen running a little bit more for his life, you know, no pun intended, than, than what we've seen in the past with him, right? I think he's he feels like he's having to do more again because that offensive line is just not able to block for him like they were in the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, and they've had a bunch of injuries, to be fair. Absolutely. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's and not being an X's and O's guys, like that's something that sticks, sticks, sticks out to me is maybe the reason for Dawson Knox is that they really kind of need him in as a blocker to help the line a lot more maybe than last year. I would think so. I and I feel like that's the one thing that people are really missing on. You know, you hear everyone on GR and this sports channel and that sports channel talk about how Buffalo needs to utilize. I think and even on this podcast, right, Nick, how people need to find a way, how this team needs to find a way to utilize Dawson Knox more. And one thing that I've thought of similar to what you just said is they are using him more in pass protection because they need him to be in that that situation. They need him to be there to help keep Josh Allen upright, especially with him being hurt the last three weeks. My concern with that is you're also then taking another weapon more or less off the field for Josh Allen. You know, at this point, I think Josh Allen needs all the weapons he can get, and Dawson Knox is one of those weapons. And for them not to use Dawson Knox in the passing game till the second half last week was absolutely ridiculous. He was coming off a seven-reception game, caught the ball well, played very good against Cleveland, and then you don't throw him throw the ball his way, no targets, no receptions, until the second half of the game. Yeah, you said it, man. I don't know. I just need to. I need to see. I don't know what what has happened to Ken Dorsey. I I, I really don't. I feel like 
the Ken Dorsey that started the season is not the same Ken Dorsey that we're getting in the box now. He's not the same Ken Dorsey that we see, you know, um, in the booth right now. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, but I mean, that's about. an interesting point because, I mean, he's he is still the same Ken Dorsey. He still believes all the things that he believes in. So something must be on his mind. Is it I got to get more protection in the line? Is it somebody is, is, is not doing it? Is it the defenses know what's coming? Is it my quarterback? can't make the, the throws i can't call these plays like him like he's he didn't he didn't get a new philosophy in the last three weeks like something something is in his mind that that's making him change so i don't know it's probably a little bit of of all of that but i gotta think there's been i guess if you want to like i don't know it feels like almost like conspiracy stuff but if, if you know because because we don't know we're, we're guessing on this but it feels like he probably feels his quarterback can't make all the throws. Which Josh Allen was making all those throws. And, 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 but I want to go back to even before the injury because that's where the struggle started. The struggle started the second half of the Green Bay game. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, Josh Allen was playing MVP caliber football until the second half of the Green Bay game. Yeah, fair. And he wasn't hurt then, he wasn't hurt in the Jets game. Until the last drive of the game when he did get hurt. So what what happened between the first half of the Green Bay game and the second half of the Green Bay game and the whole Jets game? Because the offense hasn't looked the same since the second half of that Green Bay game. Yeah. Did Green Bay go in the locker room, watch some tape, and say, hey, they're just doing all this all the time? I mean, this offense just has seemed to me like they have gone very vanilla. And it, it almost looks to me. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you feel differently. I feel like I'm watching a preseason offense. That's interesting. I, I'm not seeing anything different from this offense than you know than what I would see in a in a preseason game, right? Like mm-hmm. the motions have cut down. Now you're starting to see. I think the last two weeks you saw Isaiah McKenzie doing some crazy motions in the backfield, whatever you know, running around in the backfield before the snap and and all of that, but. I mean, what exactly have you seen from this offense to, to sit down and say that mm-hmm. this is still the offense we saw in weeks one, two, three, mm-hmm. four, five, so on and so forth? Yeah. So, okay. So going back to that game, like that's kind of when some of the bad turnovers were happening. Is that, am I remembering that correctly? The Green Bay game was when he had the two bad turnovers in the red zone in this both yeah. in the second half. All right. So I think you're asking me to remember a while back here for the record. I think that game and even after the Jets game before you really knew how how serious the injury was. I feel like after both those games, Josh Allen was very upset with himself and had been saying, I need to just make the smart play. I need to not force it. I need to basically not, not be a hero so much. I need to take the smart play, take the check down when it's there. And maybe, maybe that's on the coordinator's mind. Maybe he's thinking I need to call up some stuff. That's a little bit safer. Yeah. But it doesn't matter to call up stuff safer if your quarterback's not taking the safe play. Either you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it's, when the safe play on, um, on first and ten with you know two minutes left in overtime is to check it down to your running back and your quarterback's forcing it into the end zone, that's not on you know that's not as much on the offensive coordinator as what it is on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like Josh Allen's decision making from what we saw in the first few weeks has also changed, right? So, at, at what point I I don't know where. 
I don't know where you draw the line and say this one's having this one's causing the issues. This one's yeah. Well, you know, or, I mean, they're both equally responsible. I feel yeah. Like. That there's there's only two people who know the answer to that. And I feel like, and maybe I'm look. This the Super Bowl window for the Bills is this is this big, right? Mm-hmm. Miami's playing good football, and truthfully, I think we're gonna really see how good Miami is here in the next couple of weeks. They got a tough game against San Francisco. They got the Chargers, and then they got Buffalo. And we'll see just how good Miami is in those next couple of weeks. But all three games, by the way, on the road for Miami. Um, but you have all, all those things. You have three wins. I mean, don't forget, we're talking about a three-loss a three loss football team here, mm-hmm. right? The Bills aren't <clears throat> three and seven or three and eight yeah. or eight and three. Well, yeah, that's kind of where I was going to go with that. They're averaging like, more yards per play than last season. They're averaging right. almost the same points per game as last. Like they're still doing okay. Like you're just seeing a different Josh Allen that I think we weren't used to seeing. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you this: as fast as Josh Allen's career took a step forward, do you think his career could that quickly take a step backwards? But I. And I say that, and I still continue to think about that second half of Green Bay. Like, your career just doesn't take a huge step backwards mm-hmm. in one half of football. Yeah. Because that uh, second half, Josh Allen, was not the same Josh Allen we saw in the first half in any, no. by, by any means. It's an interesting question. I mean, you could think about it in any sport. It's like you, you have the magic just until you don't. And you're, you're a pitcher. You can strike everybody out, and then something happens, and the slider is just not spinning the way it was before. And it starts getting teed off on, and then you try to adjust because of that, because you're you know you don't trust it, and it, it almost snowballs. So it's it really does take mastery of of yourself and of, of all the weapons at your disposal to be that good. And if, if there's a change, you got to learn how to adjust to that. So I think a little bit of this is that we we see how good he can be, and we want him to be the best version of himself every single time, every single week, and. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we've never had a quarterback this good in in the. I don't know. Josh Allen's better than Jim Kelly at his best, so that's true. I, I feel I feel comfortable with that statement. Um, this this is probably what it's like. I mean, when when Peyton Manning was was you know the MVP favorite every year, every single coach and coordinator and player spent their whole offseason. How do I stop Peyton? What if we try this? Let's do this different. And not like Josh Allen's that guy. So every single week, it's not going to be that easy. And you got to learn, you know, exactly what we talked about earlier. What what wrinkle can we add? How can we beat this coverage? When they blitz, when they overload on this side, what can we do? This is what it looks like pre-snap. I got I to gotta kill something to bring in, a, bring in protection. All that stuff, it, it builds and it builds and it's a process and uh, I just wow. Well, we're, we trust the process in this podcast, but um, in some ways, you know, the adversity is good because it's it's going to come back in the playoffs in a playoff run in the Super Bowl when every single thing you've ever done has been studied and prepared for, and you need to know. Oh yeah, when we were in blank X city in November, and these two guys were out injured, and Josh couldn't make this throw. We tried this protection with this route combination off it when we saw this blitz and it didn't work, but we should have done X, Y, and Z. And you just got to keep keep making those mental notes and keep studying and keep keep preparing. So I, uh, I, I guess I guess what you're hearing from me is like I'm not 
super worried, even though it hasn't been as good as, as we want it to be lately. No, and it hasn't been, right? I think any one with little knowledge of football could tell you that too, right? Like you watch Josh Allen the first couple of weeks, you watch Josh Allen now, you don't see him. He's not the same. It's not the same. And and look, that, that has to get fixed. And, and maybe it's maybe Ken Dorsey is sitting there saying, Look, I'm not gonna get tricky till playoffs roll around and I'm gonna add these wrinkles to my playbook every you know a little bit more each week but i also don't mm-hmm. want to give away our hand and show too much before we get to the yeah. playoffs but at I this mean, point i mean look not for nothing the bills are a loss away from the last seed in the playoffs and two losses away from being eliminated right now from the playoffs altogether right and obviously i know there's still a lot of football left they can still get you know whatever mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily have the easiest schedule going down the stretch with the way the afc east is playing football right now mm-hmm yeah, that's that's all right. I mean, we can before just before we transition to like look ahead at the schedule. One other point that I'm, that I'm thinking of is with the injury. Like on a on a good week, how many how much of the Bills' success is really on schedule, and how much of it is something bad happens and Josh Allen just does something amazing, on, you know, and, and makes makes magic happen. And I mean, a mm-hmm. decent percentage. And like that's on one hand, like that's football, and you do need some of that. Um, but I don't know. A lot of the things that we think work, you know, we only got there because, you know, some magic had to happen off schedule to, to even get to pulling out that play or to, I don't know. You hear what I'm saying though? Like, right. I feel like Josh Allen with this injury is maybe a little bit compromised in doing some of the off schedule stuff. That's part of what makes him so good. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's the same thing that I think you talk when you talk about Patrick Mahomes, right? It's the same thing you talk about with Patrick Mahomes. It's it's the things that Patrick Mahomes does that you don't expect him to do, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes with nowhere to go throws the ball, no look backwards behind his back, between his legs, whatever, and it's completed for a touchdown. Right, like you don't see that stuff, and that's what we were seeing from Josh Allen earlier on. Now we're not seeing that. Now maybe again, some of that goes back to the elbows. Some of that can go back to maybe some lack of confidence. I think this week Josh Allen really needs to come out for himself and play a near perfect game of football, because we've seen him do it before against this New England team, and I think he can do it again. But I also think that he needs to do it for himself to get that swagger back that Josh Allen has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and to me, near perfect doesn't mean I'm constantly throwing. 25 yard outs that would make Scott's right. rule. It means I'm, I'm recognizing the pressure and the coverage pre snap. I'm taking what's available and I'm hitting eight yards at a time. And I, I'm, you know, I'm picking up first down. So like right. keeping it moving, not like that, especially against Belichick. When Belichick just wants to bait you into, you think you know what you see, but it's different. They're also a number one, you know, that this, um, Patriots defense right now is number one DVOA. So that also mm-hmm. tells you kind of what they're what they're playing against this this weekend. They did a really good job, I felt like early on in the game last week against Minnesota and yeah. on Thanksgiving. I thought they did a good job of taking away Justin Jefferson, but Jefferson mm-hmm. ju- is just too good. He well, yeah, they need they need Tredavious White back there. Really bad. Uh all right, but before we go there, and before I guess we go to schedule. Let's just talk some Patriots as long as we're here right now. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested. I'm actually I'm going to this game in Boston. Oh um, wow! Yeah, 
I'm very can't, interested. I can't get you to go to a game in Buffalo when I'm there, but you're going to Boston for a game. I was out of town. I would have went with you. You know this. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we, we know Bill Belichick, one of his primary philosophies is take away their biggest strength. And right now, that is Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. very curious to see how the offense runs when they t- when the opponent keys on taking away Stefan Diggs because secondary receiver, secondary target, running like whatever you want to call it, has been a major question mark almost all year. Is Gabe Davis ready to step up? Is Isaiah McKenzie going to step up? Is James Cook going to have his breakout performance? Are they going to still be able to scheme Diggs open? I mean, we've seen Allen and Diggs. You know, we've seen some frustration there the last few weeks. Diggs wants his ball. We know he's an emotional player. We know from Minnesota how he can act when it's not going right. And you saw him, Diggs and McDermott had to like really have a, a real tough talk, and that was that was great to see a few weeks ago. But Diggs was upset, and last week, you know, they had that big hug, and it was like, man, we got through this. So mm-hmm. it's you know, what if it's halftime and Diggs has one catch on four targets for 10 yards. Like I don't, that seems pretty possible to me, given that the way Belichick's probably going to set up his defense, who steps up on offense this week. You know, I feel like we're going to have a big, um, another big Isaiah McKenzie game. You know, I think you're going to see him. And, and again, you know, as, as most people on this podcast know, I'm, I'm a big, Isaiah McKenzie fan, but you usually get one or two of them a year, and I think this is going to be be the second one against the Patriots the again. Year. Yeah, I mean, why not? He he did it once. Look, you know what you have to do with Isaiah McKenzie. You send him on those crossing routes. He's open nine percent of the time on those crossing routes. Those little crossing routes across the field. That's all you got to do with Isaiah McKenzie all day, and he's going to be open. And the guy is fairly good at catching the ball. I think at times he's he is a better pass catcher than what you get from Gabe Davis, and Gabe Davis. Is, outside of this year, has made some pretty incredible catches himself, you know, and rightfully so. But let me ask you this. This is also a football team going into this game with four wide receivers on, on the roster, on the, on the 53-man roster. We just signed John Brown this week. He's familiar with the system. He's mm-hmm. had almost a full full week to get this offense going. Do you think John Brown is going to get a call up to the, the, the 53-man roster this week? You know, don't forget, you can get three call-ups before you have to sign him uh, full-time to – the uh to the main roster mm-hmm. do you think john brown gets a call do you think we see some john brown trickled in this week listen john brown has played on three teams since he left the bills and his last catch was for the bills he he had no no plays no stats on any of those three teams i don't know what john brown has in the tank right now I would love if he did. I thought it was nice to bring him back. I wonder what it meant for their pursuit of Odell Beckham. I wondered all those things. And the bottom line is if they end up needing somebody, he is a guy who has had success in this league, who knows knows most of the offense. I don't know if I want to just throw him out there right away. I would almost, almost be more willing to roll with the guys here to have. But you need, I think you need to have a fifth receiver come up at some point because you can't run with four. You have one guy go down. What are you going to do, run with three and maybe try to get Hines or Cook on the, on, into the slot? I feel like you need to call up a fifth guy. Tanner Gentry hasn't played much. I don't know how much we'd see him. Look, I, I don't care if they call Brown up or not. I think some way, some somehow they need to have a fifth receiver in this lineup going into the New mm-hmm. England game. 
just as uh, a, by the way, put yeah, put James Cook in the slot, put Naheem Hines in the slot. Yes, please. I would love that. Utilize them any way you can. I think they're great playmakers, but if you have a guy, you know, go down, I don't know if I'd want you know those guys having to step in the whole time. I I've liked what James Cook has done out of the backfield. I'd rather see him run the ball out of the backfield. I think he ran the ball a lot better than what, sure, what I mean, we've seen Singletary. Move him all over. He's, and, he's and I'll say this. I feel like the better that we're seeing James Cook run throughout a game, we're getting the, the better of Devin Singletary. Fresher. You know, Devin Singletary is coming in fresh. He's running harder. Um, you know, a perfect example of that was the, uh, the, 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 the Cleveland game. James Cook ran the ball really well. Each one of them had 80-something yards rushing. But the the better that James Cook was running the ball, the better you saw Singletary step up. And I don't know if it was like, hey man, I gotta, you know, I'm I'm running for my job here at this point, or if he was just, you know, like you said, fresher at that point. But you saw a lot out of the running game then. I hope we see some more out of the running game this week. Um, but outside of that, I want to talk about the defense real quick, Nick, because mm-hmm. I feel like we have not seen a great Teron Johnson this year, like what we've seen in the past. I feel like Dane Jackson, and I feel like everyone on, on, on Twitter will back me up on this. <laughs> Dane Jackson has not looked good. Dane, Dane Jackson has reminded me of Leotis McKeldin. He's wow. always in He's always in the you right spot. You hate Leotis McKeldin. Oh, I love Leotis. I, if Leotis McKeldin would have returned a kick return for a touchdown, I had I had the running joke. Leotis McKeldin returned a kick return for the Bills in the Super Bowl. I was going to name my first born Leotis. <laughs> but that never happened. The Bills never made the playoffs with Leonis McCalvin. Does your so wife know that story? <laughs> she does not know that story. I don't know if she allowed me to do that, but Leotis was going to need to be the name of my firstborn. Um, love Leonis McCalvin. Um, however, however, uh, Dane Jackson is he's, he's in the right spot. He just can't seem to get a hand in there to knock the ball mm-hmm. out, right? I think that's what we're seeing. The Bills signed Xavier Rhodes to mm-hmm. the 53-man roster this week, putting mm-hmm. Christian Bedford on IR. I've liked what I've seen from Rhodes so far, especially in zone, which we know this defense likes to play heavy. Do we see more of Rhodes this yeah. week? And well, maybe Rhodes and Elam, Rhodes, and, and and obviously I hope we see more Trey White. I thought he, in the few snaps that he did play last week, I don't think he had a ball thrown his way, but he looked like he could move pretty well out there. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be kind of dependent on what we can expect from Tredavious White. He got out there. I think he only played the first two drives as far as I saw. The snap yes, counts. That's he, all he, yeah, that's he it. He played 16 snaps and then didn't play the rest of the game. Like, how weird is that? Like, honestly, you're, you're in a tight game that you don't, like, need need to win, but you kind of need to win. You want to win. It's Thanksgiving, and – you're like, no, I'm good. I'm still like, I don't know. It, it's still weird to me. I went through last week on the pod and talked about why it's weird. It's still weird to me. I hope he's doing okay, like mentally, because that's kind of how it's it's seeming more of. But I don't know. I'm looking at the snap counts here. So keeping in mind that they had an injury to Benford, he's not going to play this week. 100% of snaps last week. Dane Jackson, who was a liability. He so, has been a liability. Yeah. Then, I mean, we're getting down here. Elam played 30% of snaps last week. Tredavious White ended up with t- – his percentage was 23. Like, is he ready to take more? Do you trust – I mean, w- do you trust Dane Jackson, Kyrie Elam going out there? Like I said, like not even against Mac Jones. No. I'm, I would like to see more of Rhodes. 
And I'm hoping you can get Trey out there even every other series. I don't know. I mean, I think he's got to like make a tackle, like hit somebody and like get back in the groove. I think the issue, which we saw, and I know we're going to talk about it here in a second with, um, I think a with, with, with Deion Dawkins B with Von Miller was that turf in Detroit that is constantly being talked about the number of injuries that guys are having in Detroit and in MetLife. I think part of it was on the coaching staff saying, look, let's not put him out there for hundred percent because this is the same turf that he tore his ACL on in new Orleans. Let's not put him out there right now. Let's get him hundred percent playing on full grass in new England. Then they go home. They get some full grass for two weeks in Buffalo. I think by that time, if we're not already seeing hundred percent Tredavious white on the field, I think by that time you will be. And I think we're going to see a lot more Tredavious white this week. I know that, um, Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott both said that it was by design to have him only play a couple of snaps. Yeah, I don't know if they were saying that just for the media purposes or what, but I do know at least for, and I could understand why, again, I understand why with the turf and all of that. However, they need to find a way to get him involved more because he is needed at this point. Yep. I would, I mean, he technically started last week. I would love to see him out there starting again. Give him a big, uh, Look, I, I think I'm with you. He needs to go out and make a hit. He needs to go out and make an interception and maybe take a hit himself. Just get your feet um, wet. Like, just, yeah. just be mentally reminded, like, the world's not going to end if somebody hits me. Let Mac Jones target Tredavious Whiteside all day. Mm-hmm. And you know, it would be it would make me so happy if, if, like, say, New England receives the kickoff. If they throw a screen to White's guy on the first play, and he's going to make – I'm like, thank you. Like, that would be yeah. great. Yeah, I mean that would be the most perfect play. Either way, he needs to step up, make it. He needs to be 100. percent And look, if you, if this defense, which from what I'm hearing, and I don't know Nick, how was you being in Buffalo? You might hear different things. There's talk about Micah Hyde possibly being able to come back at some point this year if they go long enough in the playoffs. If oh. Hyde can come back, and you're running with Hyde, and your whole defense is back. I think my attitude for the way that this team is playing changes 100. percent Wow, where'd you hear that? I have not. I've I mean, been. Maybe... It's been all over on Twitter, man. You know, everyone's reporting that Hyde could be making a, could be coming back at some point this season. Could wow. be. I guess mentally in my head, I've just been, I've just been ruling them out until next year. I mean, you know, and it's funny because I was kind of um, looking at it the other way, like maybe his career is over. I mean, I thought wasn't the report that he had. Uh, I'm looking up here. ESPN. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, said on October 12th he had the surgery, his six to nine month recovery. Yeah. I mean, to to me that means he's out for the year. Maybe maybe if you're saying you know what we're playing for the AFC Championship, you know I can if I hurt it again I can have more surgery. I I don't know. I mean, usually to say a neck injury you don't really want to. You know, rush back. If you got a hamstring, maybe you can rush that one back a little bit. I don't know if you want to rush a neck. No, look, I don't want to rush him back if he's not ready. But again, I'm, I, I'll have to find the articles and send them your way, and, and I'll retweet them on to the, uh, the Process Podcast uh, Twitter page. But um, I need to find the article where it said that he may be able to make some form of a comeback. Actually, you know what? I, I got I got it right here. It's at the Athletic. Uh, he was on the field again. The Athletic caught up with him. Hyde, I'm reading right from Joe Pascalia. Hyde left the door open to the, the idea, a slight departure from when initially placed in, on injured reserve. 
This is quoting Hyde. I would love to. I would love to. We'll see, Hyde told the Athletic. Quote, it's really not up to me. It's kind of up to the doctors. Historically, no. But I'm not dealing with dot, dot, dot. Those are other people, other situations. So we'll see what happens. Um, wow. I had not seen that. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. I, wow is my answer there. If, if he can... <laughs> If he can, if the Bills can, uh, I mean, it looks like they they may not get the first round by at this juncture. If they can win a wild card weekend and he's back for the divisional round, that that's huge. I'm, no, I'm not, they can I'm get not, him back at all. Yeah, I'm not expecting him back. Wait, wouldn't this be nice to talk about on like Super Bowl media day? Like, could could Micah Hyde play? Like, it's possible. It's possible possible i'm not saying it's possible even jameson crowder coming back is possible which i didn't think was and i think you get jameson crowder back in this offense you're finally getting that guy that josh allen can rely on there in the slot and i think you see another offense but you they got to find you gotta get one of the two back i feel like to really take that leap that we're expecting them to make this year i don't know i know vegas still has them as super bowl favorites i don't know if i'm there right now uh they do not as of this week the chiefs have passed them okay i i I don't know if i'm there right now with them yeah all right, as long as we're talking about injuries, uh, Von Miller, we're taping this on Tuesday night. Von Miller, about a few hours ago, went on his podcast on Bleacher Report and gave an update on his injury. He says, quote, the news is not the best of news, but it's definitely not the worst of news. <laughs> he said, I have some lateral meniscus damage that's going to have to be addressed, but I do feel like I can play through that. So I'm just going to wait a bit, let the swelling go down for about seven to ten days. Hopefully, right before the Jets game, I'll be back. If that plays out, he's only missing one game. The Bills play Thursday this week, then they have ten days off before they play the Jets. If Von Miller only misses one game, that's a huge win for the Bills. Part of me wants to say, stay out because they have Miami the week after. Be more ready to beat Miami. But that, yeah, that's I'm, a I'm huge, that. huge win for the Bills after it was reported that he could maybe miss the whole season. I'm with you on that. If you could find a way to stay out for the Jets game and get back to the Miami game, I think that's huge. Um, I'd rather I think I think the Jets are beatable. I don't know if the Bills could beat Miami without Vaughn right now, the way that that mm-hmm. Miami offense is running. Jets at home would like to pencil that in as a W. I would like to, yeah. I think that's already W. I think Mike White plays especially it's a W. Von Miller coming back again against Miami, I think, is more important to me than than him coming get coming back against the Jets. I, and and again, look at how this Miami deep. Excuse excuse me, this Miami offense. Look at how this Miami offense is playing right now. You got Tyreek Hill who's playing well. You got. Jalen Watt was playing well. And, you know, not for nothing, I am not his biggest fan. I'm still not a full-on Tua believer, but Tua Tagovailoa is playing pretty good football right now. You're going to need a way to get a pass rush in Mm -hmm. some way. And really, right now, all we're seeing is outside of Ed Oliver, who, by the way, between Ed Oliver, Jordan Poyer, and Tremaine Edmonds, they need to find a way to get all three of those guys back. I know it may be impossible, but you got to find a way to get Edmonds back. you got to find a way to get, get Poyer back, I think. And then you still got another year, I think, on on Ed Oliver. But outside of Ed Oliver, you're not seeing a lot of pass rush from this defense. And um, Von Miller has supplied a lot of that in crucial situations. We saw it against the Browns. We saw it uh, early on against the, 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 the Lions. We saw it against 
Minnesota. We've seen it against Miami in the past. Um, they need to find a way to get him more involved. Right? Get, get the pass rush more involved. And Von Miller does that. Yeah, absolutely. And especially with the issues they've had in coverage lately, you got to get to Miami's quarterback quickly. Like coverage and pass rush go hand in hand. You got to get to the quarterback quickly so that the coverage doesn't have to hold as long. Well, it sounds like Greg Rousseau is back this week. It sounds like AJ Epinesa is back this week. Mm-hmm. However, Nick, I think the unsung hero on the defensive ends is going to be my guy, Shaq Lawson. You think? The guy's been playing some good football the last couple of weeks. He, he had the big fourth down stop against Cleveland. He had the big fourth down stop against Minnesota. He seems like he is revitalized, and he is playing some damn good football. And I think you're going to see a big game out of him this week. Um, you know, I, I think the old Shaq Lawson that would that should have never left Buffalo in the first place is back, and I think you're going to see see a game out of him this week that maybe a lot of people weren't expecting. Okay, I do got to ask you the Patriots that they're six and five. They still got Mac Jones; he's healthy again. You know, are, you think we're going to be looking at at a at a you know four pass attempt? tons of running this week or do you think given some of the injuries they're going to let him open it up again he had a ton of pass attempts last week against minnesota and honestly minnesota gave up so many huge plays the patriots had passing plays of 40 40 34 37 26 and 17 yards and still lost i mean mac jones threw for 382 yards and two touchdowns but, however, you go back to, you know, how many games you want to go back to before that? He really hasn't had a great season all around. Uh, Mac Jones, outside of that that game last week, and I think you want to go back to the Ravens game as well. Those are the only two games that he has thrown for over 300 yards. He's had multiple games this year that he's thrown for no touchdowns. Even in that Ravens game, he threw for 321, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, so, who knows what Mac Jones are going to get. Uh, but the last few weeks, he has been on an uptick he has had no interceptions since october 30th against the jets um he did have uh no interceptions the colts the the jets week the second time around in minnesota so and we know how the second jets game went i think that was a 10-3 game no offensive touchdowns and doing the one on a special teams kick return um i'm not too worried about mac jones i'm more worried about that running game and what they're going to do to this defense if uh um, you know, if they have to, by the way, I have to say this because we know how much I knocked him in years past on this podcast. AJ Klein was a huge addition last week. And I think he played very well in the run game for Buffalo. I think he, he stepped in for that role of Tremaine Edmonds because, you know, Terrell Dotson did not play well the week before against Cleveland. They needed someone to step in. I was happy to see AJ Klein take over that role. And I think AJ Klein played some damn good football last week. That has to be mentioned. Yeah. How about that? The guy signs, Basically, you know, you you call it off the street just because he wasn't with another team. I know he wasn't; he hadn't been been cut for long. But mm-hmm. basically, off the street comes in AJ Klein. Do you know how many snaps he, he played, Charlie? Didn't he play almost every defensive snap? AJ Klein, fresh off the street, played one hundred percent of defensive snaps. And he looked, and I found myself not yelling once at AJ Klein. No, this, okay, this week. okay. I was prepared to. I'm watching the game with my brother, and he goes, "Oh, Charlie's not going to like AJ Klein." <laughs> and I'm like, "You know what? I think he's might be okay with it. like he's he, they're not like relying on him right now. Uh, you know, he's kind of like a guy to fill to fill a hole. Who knows 
who a knows the defense and b doesn't cost that much so like it's probably okay and then he goes out and he's on the field every single play if he would have made that interception that would have been like you know he's on his third team this season like that would have been amazing to come in and make an interception uh in a huge spot for for a top contending team and mm-hmm. i mean receiver actually made a nice defensive play but yeah how about that aj klein who would have thought Great, great football last week, man, and I hope we see a little bit more of him this week. I think he deserved a little bit more of a playing role uh, in this uh, in this defense this week. But I think we get Tremaine Edmonds back, which is going to be a yes. huge addition for this That's Bills defense. Huge. Absolutely. Um, but without Von Miller, I'll be curious to see what they what they do with the pass rush. You still got um, Derek Rousseau, which I think is also going to be big. But well, again, we'll see, man. It, it's all to me. It's going to depend on what Buffalo does with that pass rush and what mm-hmm. they do with the. Um, um, yeah. With that run game, it'll almost be interesting too. You think, I mean, Von Miller as a free agent had a lot of teams interested. The Bills really had to pony up, and mm-hmm. I, I keep thinking back to that uh, YouTube video he did. Uh, it really seemed like money, money was was one of the biggest factors for him. So, what if the Bills hadn't signed Von Miller? This is who they would have had. It would have been right. AJ Epinesa. And Gregory So and Boogie Basham and Shaq Lawson. And maybe mm-hmm. they, they end up getting somebody else instead. But the, you know, now we get to see what would have been like if they hadn't signed Bob Miller. I don't know. No, I and I'll be curious to see what this defense looked like. Maybe maybe we see a different defense. Maybe we see the defense that was number one in the league the last few years, right? I mean, they haven't played and, and we I say don't know that, about like that. I mean, that that's with both safeties and Trey right. White playing at all pro level. I Lamar Hamlin has also played good football. He has. He has, really has. I'm He's wondering. not in like a Hyde in pass coverage. I feel like you're not seeing him with those interceptions like what you were seeing from Hyde. However, he is he hits harder in my opinion than Hyde, and he's really good in the run game compared to Hyde. And they're going to need that against Armando Stevenson this week. I think so. I do think you so. think they they dial up more more blitzes, or do you think they try to help out their coverage more and keep more guys back and make Mac beat him? I think you make Mac beat you. In my opinion. Force Mac to throw the ball, make him beat you. You know what I mean? I think the guys you have at Oliver, Greg Rousseau, Shaq Lawson, Boogie Basham, you know, AJ Epinesa, I think the, I think those guys can get home rushing four. I think you send maybe a linebacker, maybe you, you know, you send in um Matt Milano, who has been freaky fast this year. Um, I think you, you see a little bit more of Matt Milano maybe as your fifth guy rushing rushing in, but um you force Mac to beat you. Absolutely. Force Bill Belichick to have to put in Bailey Zappi. <laughs> How mad do you think Tom Brady is? His parents didn't name him Bailey Zappi. What a name. What a name. What a name. That, that's a future Bailey Zappi Veronica. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Future child. There you go. There you go. All I'll right, Charlie. I need your prediction. Uh, I got the Bills winning this one. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than you know weeks past, but I think the Bills win um, thirty to twenty-one. All right, I'm going to go even closer than that. Bills twenty-seven, twenty-three. Man, okay, I can't take these close games anymore, Nick. My heart can't take their it. quarterback can't throw. What do you want me to say? I understand that, but like maybe we see. I don't know, man. I just I don't need I don't need a close game again. <laughs> I don't need a close game again. 
Like last week, I thought for, if the Bills lost, I was going to have the worst Thanksgiving ever. <laughs> a lot of people are tweeting like, <laughs> dinner saved, they won. That's right. I felt that way. I felt like, oh, okay, now I'm in a happy mood. Let me, you know, let me have a glass of wine and you know, feed me some turkey, and I was happy. But mm-hmm. if they lost that game, I was going to be thoroughly yeah. disappointed. Would have been a quiet, quiet dinner. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how it ate. <laughs> Ma- mommy, what's wrong with dad? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd be cutting my my turkey pretty pretty aggressively at the table. Grumbling yourself. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's catch how the, I felt. Catch the damn ball. <sighs> yeah, Gabe Davis, catch the damn uh, ball. Hey, hey uh, real, real quick, second prediction here. Miami has won five in a row. They are at San Francisco this week. What do you think happens there? I have them losing that game. And I'll tell I you why. Too. I do too. I, th- I think San Francisco's defense is very good. I think with McCaffrey, their offense is enough to get by Miami. And if the Bills uh, win this game, they reclaim first first place in the division. Miami has not beat a winning a team with a winning record all season outside of Buffalo. Hmm. Their wins their wins have come against the Steelers, the Lions, which they barely and each game they've barely won out. Even their game against Buffalo, they, they you're talking about by. currently has a winning record or had a winning record at the time of the game. Had a winning record at the time of the game. Um, I don't believe the Browns did two weeks ago. Obviously, Houston doesn't. The Bears didn't. The Lions didn't. The Steelers didn't. Um, it was Baltimore in week two. They beat Baltimore in week two. I got to mention Baltimore won week one. Yeah, they beat the Jets week one. Okay. Okay. So I then, mean, one and oh, big deal. Right. But they beat Baltimore and then Buffalo, right? Mm hmm. Both games very close. I mean, look, the game they they have not won by any decisive margins, in my opinion. the The one they won by the most decisive margin was Cleveland. And sure, you want to give them the fact they were up thirty to nothing at halftime against Houston. Sure, go ahead. But it's Houston. It's the one win Texans. I feel like the Bills could put up thirty by halftime right now with the, how bad their mm-hmm. offense is playing. I mean, if I still, I still, the NFL effed up. Tua Tagovailoa should not have returned to the Bills game. Bills probably win that against the backup. I agree. I look. I think the Bills win that with with Poyer in the game. Poyer in the game makes a huge difference. I think mm-hmm. the Bills win that game with Poyer back. Look, but you, you talk about the Dolphins, right? They got the 49ers this week, Chargers next week, Bills, Packers, Patriots, then the Jets at home. I'm going to go on a hot take real quick, Nick. I don't this, know. This supposed to be a really hot take. Really hot take, like like burning hot. Hot cocoa in the winter time by the hot fire hot take. I don't know if the Dolphins win another game all year. <laughs> They're gonna go like four and one just to spite you. <laughs> I look if they do go ahead. I don't know if the Dolphins are. I don't know if the Dolphins can beat the Chargers. I think the Chargers are a very good football team whose coach is getting in their way. If, in yeah, be, I mean. They're beatable. Miami's beatable. Green, they got. They're gonna beat Green Bay. Green, Green Bay is beatable, but Green Bay's been playing some good football. And See who knows? They got they Jordan Rodgers. Jordan Love looked good. Third play of the game through a nice touchdown to Christian Watson. So say what you want, but maybe Jordan Love is the truth. I, I, that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm giving you a, a spicy hot take. I don't see. Okay. The, I don't know if they win a game for the rest of the year. Maybe they beat the Patriots and, and maybe they beat the Jets. But maybe their next four weeks, they go 0 and 4 the next four weeks. Wow. Well, okay. Burning hot take. Ice. Well, not ice hot because. Wow. Icy hot. Um, but quick shout out to our sponsors, Nick. 
That's Ethos Performance Rehab. Listen, if you want to get a little bit better at what you do, even okay, you don't have to be a major leaguer. If you want to play men's league and add a few miles to your fastball because something's a little bit out of sync and you need more core stability. If you want to run a 5K a little bit faster next spring, these guys can help you get better at what you do. Ethos Performance Rehab. Look them up online. Tell them the process sent you. Yes, Dr. Matt is a lifesaver. Give you those a call today. Uh, all right, appreciate everyone tuning in. Hey, I appreciate all the uh, the reviews that we received on our Spotify this week from our listeners. Appreciate you guys leaving us some reviews and uh, some some uh, some comments. I like it. I'm I'm a fan of it. Continue that. Share with your friends. Um, appreciate everyone listening to the podcast today you can follow the process podcast on twitter at the underscore process pod follow nick on twitter at nick veronica or on facebook at by nick veronica follow myself on twitter at chawit 68 but most importantly folks we appreciate y'all listening and remember to always trust the process